Welcome back to the past. This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brian and Paul. Hello. Hello, E. Today is the last step before being put out to pasture. It's episode 49. We're almost at 50, guys. Can you believe it? I cannot. Yeah, I, I actually am stunned. It's been a crazy couple years. <laughs> sure has. <laughs> but I'm extra super excited because it's almost an anniversary, and the notes I just read said we're talking about The Who, man. Woo! The Who. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Paul, Paul, you might have read that wrong. I think we're actually talking about The Guess Who. So the Canadian version? Yeah. Yeah. Most famously known for Lenny Kravitz covering one of their songs. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I only hope I can aspire to one day be famous enough for Lenny Kravitz to cover <laughs> one of my songs. So, Paul, are you wearing glasses? Yeah. Duh. What's up? Is your shirt red? Uh, this just got creepy. It's okay. You're just Paul. Do you have a clue? We're talking about guess who? Ah, get it? The Melton Bradley <laughs> board game? Oh boy. <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes, uh, is it? Yep. <laughs> if you missed our last episode, you should really check it out when the gang and I talked about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers! There was also a movie commentary track in there, a discussion about Halloween costumes through the years, and a bunch of great stuff. We also had some visitors, Dan and Bill, just to name a few. You can find that in all our past episodes at www.datingourselvespodcast.com, on iTunes, Google Music, and wherever you find your podcasts. I find mine in the TV <laughs> wow, that was underwhelming. <laughs> that says I was about to make a dirty joke. And I yep. like, look around the room. Look around right the room. There. What can I say? <laughs> I found it in dog. <laughs> in dog, we trust. Well, we really appreciate our listener support, and we'd like to share some kind words left by one of those listeners on iTunes about our show. If you'd like to leave us a five-star written review on iTunes or any other podcast listening platform, we would definitely love to read it on air as a way to say thanks. Um, Hi, Perry. Yeah, there's my dog. <laughs> um, we currently don't have any five-star reviews, although that may have been my dog leaving us one. <laughs> Thank you, Perrin. <laughs> he says, squeak, squeak, throw the ball. <laughs> This week, I'm going to be leading a discussion on the band, Guess Who? I mean, the board game, Guess Who? All right. <laughs> we finally narrowed it down. <laughs> I could do that. I could cover an hour on the Guess Who. <laughs> I think they're a little out of our time period. That's probably definitely true. <laughs> but the cable guy isn't. Oh, yes. Great movie. Also another cover. Yeah. <laughs> Jefferson Airplane in there too. That was yeah. such a great white oh, rabbit. Yeah, that was Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. Never mind. Crap. <laughs> I got my. Ru <laughs> you know what? I'm done with music. I'm going to leave music to you guys. <laughs> but remember, we will pick next week's topic at the end of this episode. It will be Nostalgia Combat. Nostalgia Combat. Monica Lewinsky versus Brian and the sitcom Cheers. 
I'm not, do, 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 I'm do. not happy with the fact that Paul just cut off our nostalgia combat. Our, our ritual. <laughs> our war cry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, just right in the middle of it, he plows through with Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I promise after that, we will go to the Hopper of Imagination to get Adam a new topic, and I will not step on your nostalgia combat at that Woo! time. <laughs> So Adam, tell us about Guess Who? Who? <laughs> I, I don't know. Who am I supposed to be talking about? Guess Who? <laughs> All right, so... Guess Who is a board game. That's really all I have to say about it. So, the end. <laughs> now, uh, so the uh, the board game Guess Who was a game that was created originally in 1979. Uh, it was created by Aura and Theo Coster, who came up with the brilliant name of Theora because you know Theo and Aura. Uh, they uh, came Whoa. up with the name Theora Design, but the game was actually manufactured by Milton Bradley, hence why it, you know, always carried the Milton Bradley name rather than Theora Design. But uh, it's now apparently owned by Hasbro, so it's actually transferred once again. But uh, the game is a two-player game, and it has a pretty unique setup in that each player gets a board that has uh, 24 people on it. All it has is an image and the first name of the person. And each person has different characteristics about their uh, character. So, you know, someone might have a mustache, someone might have glasses, someone might have red hair, brown hair, whatever it happens to be. And so the goal of the game is for the players, there's a red board and a blue board. The goal is to ask questions so that you can eliminate people uh, from your group. So, like, you might say, is your person a boy? Uh, if the person says yes, then you know you can flip down all of the women. Uh, if you ask it's a girl, same thing, or are they wearing glasses or... Uh, did they have a hat on? And so you can go forward, eliminate the people, and then at the end you have to guess which person they have based off of a card that they draw at the beginning. So it tells them, like, you know, your person is Jerry or whatever. And so, so little known fact, this game actually um, was first premiered in the Soviet Union but that process of elimination meant a very different thing at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why it's so satisfying when you flip the characters down? Yes. 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 <laughs> I don't know why, but I've always found that the best part of the it's... game. I, I always find it very satisfying to cross people off my list and then just flip the little cards down. Well, and I don't know about you guys, that... but something about the sound was always very pleasing to me. Like, the it's that plastic like smack always was very satisfying especially when you could do like multiple at the same time like knock like four or five down at the same time and you get that whoosh. <laughs> yeah because if you asked a question like does your person have brown hair and the answer was no well, then you get to knock down everyone who's remaining who has brown hair it's like oh wow that's gonna be like half the board so. right <laughs> 
Did you guys ever flip down people you intended to guess just to kind of intimidate the other person a little bit? <laughs> I don't think no, I ever thought that's about brilliant. that. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never thought to do just that because I have done similar things like that in card games, like like in BS, for example. For anyone who's never played BS, um, you basically are laying a certain number of cards down face down and it goes in ascending order. So it starts with, I think, aces, then twos, threes, fours, so on and so forth. And so you might say that you have um, three fives, but you actually lay down three fives and a seven or something like that. Um, but you lay them all together really closely. So you can't tell that there's actually four cards there. It still looks like it's only three. Oh, yeah. I think mm-hmm. they call that Tricky. cheating. <laughs> I, maybe. But once again, you, you don't get caught until they call BS on you. So. That's true. That's a good point. That's fair. <laughs> So, uh, the, the whole object of the game then is to obviously eliminate all of the potential candidates until you finally guess who the person is that your opponent is, uh, holding the card for. Uh, I thought you were going to say hostage. <laughs> guess who? I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's only taken Paul 20, well, actually, no, uh, what would that be? 30 something years at this point? Yeah, I mean, well, if it, pretty close. Yeah, well, if it came out in '79, it'd be 40 years. That's true, but we also weren't born in '79, so you kind of have to subtract that. Unless Paul was somehow playing, guess who? Like seven years before we were born. You never know. <laughs> this is true. Paul has found uh, his way around a lot of things. I'm sure he can figure <laughs> that out. <laughs> Do you ever wonder why board game publishers aren't better known? Like you mentioned, uh, Theora, what was their name? Theora again? Design. So it seems like that they, sh- it seems like board game publishers should have a lot more clout than book publishers because there's literally like thousands of books that get published a year. And they kind of fade to the back, but how many board games actually get published by Milton Bradley or Hasbro or whoever publishes board games now per year? I realize there's an uptick, but it's still not the same number as authors, yet we don't know the creators of any of our favorite board games. That's true, but that's, I think, the the idea behind, like, Milton Bradley and Hasbro, like you said, you know, they buy out the rights to distribute that, because... You know, I'm sure Aura and Theo Coster probably did not have the uh, financial backing to be able to <laughs> reasonably distribute their game around the country. That's true, but I mean, we know TOR publications and Scholastic and stuff like that. It's, true. it's just, you know what I'm, you get what I'm trying yeah. to say, though. It just, it always seems odd to me that creators of board games aren't given as much credit for their creation. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm sure that's probably by design by the companies. Like, once they buy out the rights, I'm sure there's probably something in there that says, oh, yep, like, we own the rights, we're going to distribute under our name, and maybe if you yeah. look really hard in the game instructions, you can find your name. Yeah, that's really so interesting, too. And I wonder how much they paid um, for those rights. You know what I mean? Compared oh, yeah. to Compared to how much money they probably made selling the game. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I was reading somewhere recently that um, Gibson bought Les Paul's design for his signature model 
for like two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and that's like one think, of the top selling guitar. Yeah. You think about how many of those have been sold over the years, and how many like in- truly incredible guitar players play Les Pauls. And he, I mean, I'm sure that was a lot of money when they bought the design from him in like the late 50s, early 60s. But still, like literal probably billions of dollars of Gibson Les Pauls have been sold over the years. I hope he got some royalties off of that, man. Yeah. Otherwise, he got screwed. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what I'm wondering, like with with, um, Theorba or whatever, like (laughs) if they're... uh, if they just got like kind of a, a one-time payout, or if they they make a certain percentage on the games, like I would be really interested in knowing that. I've never met a board game designer, so it's got to be a fairly profitable career if you typically only get one game published in your lifetime. Yeah, right, that's probably true. Yeah, as long as it's not like diseases or, uh, crap. Now I can't think of it. oh. If you've ever watched uh, How I Met Your Mother, Lily's... Oh, something with the cones or the cups or whatever. No, that's... Uh, oh, that's... that's uh, Parks and that's Rec. Parks and Rec. That's yeah, Parks and Rec. Yeah, he comes up with the cones of Dunshire. Dunshire, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> but in uh, in How I Met Your Mother, Lily's dad was a uh, board game designer, but he always came up with horrible game ideas like uh, uh, diseases... And then uh, that one, like, you know, they had, like, a kidney that it would explode on you if you didn't get to the goal by a certain time. Uh, but there was one... Oh, gosh, I can't remember. There was one that they talked about in there. It was, like, something like Lights Out or something like that. Uh, anyway. Well, you have actually met a board game creator. Not one that's published, I don't think, but... Um past guest of the show amanda uh, her and her husband like developed their own board game I really i'm pretty sure that's awesome she can certainly correct me um but i'm definitely gonna brag her up either way so um. <laughs> <laughs> either way amanda if you made a board game congratulations if you didn't that's okay we still will have you back on the show <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness so the criticism of the board game. Now, it doesn't seem like this would be much of a controversial game or anything, but uh, there was a little bit of backlash about the game. Do you guys remember what it was about? I don't, but I could probably guess. <laughs> Same. <laughs> hey, perfect, since this is about guess who. Uh, <laughs> or guess it, who Does the controversy have to do with race? <laughs> huh. Or lack thereof. <laughs> yes, yes, possibly. Is there an old wooden ship in there or something? God. <laughs> yes, the lack of diversity. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so, yes, uh, the, there was a uh, definite criticism of the game over its, uh, you know, kind of the the lack of, uh, perceived lack of diversity or the actual lack of diversity in the particular game. Uh, you know, there weren't really many, you basically had guys and girls and then you had a few characters of like different races and stuff like that, but um, it really was pretty homogenous for the most part. You didn't really yeah. have a whole lot of diversity 
in that. Is that something that, like, obviously you guys wouldn't look at it and go, uh, when you're, like, 10 years old going, hmm, there's a lack of diversity in this game. But yeah. is that something you ever picked up on as a kid that, like, it was uh, kind of, uh, it was really uh, especially biased towards uh, white characters and male characters. I think there was, out of the 24... I think it was like not uh, maybe eighty percent male. Wow! And like I forget the exact numbers. It was it, it was really egregious. Like you know, it was very heavily geared towards uh, white and male characters as opposed to any uh, females or anybody of other ethnicities. Yeah. I can't say that I picked up on that in the early 90s, but I will say I always remember the characters and their names to be kind of weird or bland. Yeah. Like, I don't even... It's been so long, I don't remember any of them specifically. I just kind of remember everything about them. Like, none of them seemed like people you would encounter in real life. <laughs> well, they are very, like, generic, I guess, but they're uh, the, the list of names that they've used through the history of the publication, were uh, Richard, Anne, Frank, Eric, Sam, Susan, Charles, David, Peter, Victor, Betty, Max, Paul, Philip, Anita, Claire, Sally, Herman, Alfred, Bill, Joe, George, Tom, Bernard, Maria, Holly, Carmen, and R Robert. Sounds like a first grade class in Nebraska. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, like, really, you, just going out of there, like, uh, going down the list, there's Anita, Carmen, uh, Maria, and I would say those are probably the most, uh, like, not, like, the, the most diverse names in there. Every, everything right. else is pretty much like a typical, like, suburban white male name or or uh, female name yeah well to go back to your initial question too um you know i definitely never noticed growing up and i don't know i feel like that's partially because i was a kid but i think it's also partially because i was a white kid too right yeah i think if i had been a person of color that was the same age i might notice that there's like three people on this board that look like me and the other like 21 don't. Um, so I think that would be much more obvious, you know, based on what my perspective was. Um, oh, for sure. So well, it's actually kind of maybe like a little, little kid wouldn't have noticed regardless of that. But I have a feeling that, you know, at a pretty early age, if that's something that I, th I think you, I think you would. Yeah. So, well, and it's actually interesting that you bring up the age, you know, like that a younger kid might not pick up on it because the person who actually originally uh, pointed this out to Milton Bradley was a six year old that sent hmm. in a letter uh, regarding the fact that there was only five female characters to pick from in the yeah. original version. Yeah. So you had 24 characters. So that means that there were. 19 males and five females uh, yeah and that's yeah i can't believe you did mental math live on air i'm not sure that i would have the fortitude for I, that. I, to be fair you worked a very very long couple days <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I uh, I I got a little sweat on my forehead when I was trying to come <laughs> up with the numbers there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and that's something that like you know when you when you're looking at like the population of the U.S. or even for the world and for that matter, like it's pretty much 50-50. If anything, there might be slightly more women than men. So to have such a very, very small number of the cards be women is, uh, I don't want to use the word problematic because that sounds so incredibly douchey, but it, it's problematic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, just well, not, it's just not very representative of what the world actually looks like, you know? Right, right, exactly. And actually, um, I was just kind of glancing at my notes here too, and I'd forgotten this. Um, the original version of the game only featured one non-white character. So remember, five female characters and one non-white character who was Anne, who was uh, even in a, the next edition. So the original edition had her as a non-white character. In the next edition that was created, she was actually uh, changed into a white woman. Um, so, really? Yeah, yeah. So... You know, even, you know, scaling back on the diversity after that original edition. Uh, wow. so But um, I, I believe from things I've seen, like when I was doing some research, I looked at like commercials for the game and stuff like that and, you know, websites. And it does look like uh, now that Hasbro has the rights to it, it looks like they've had a more uh, like a focus on bringing a more diverse uh, group to that particular game. That's good. That's yeah, good. yeah, exactly. You know, being able to have you know people representing different ethnicities or genders or whatever it happens to be uh, definitely makes the game more inclusive to the people playing it. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right. So the next thing that I believe that we sh uh, wanted to talk about was the. As I mentioned, the commercials for this particular game. Now, uh, I definitely remembered these as sticking out quite a bit when I was a kid. Um, and it actually is kind of funny because of uh, kind of subsequent issues that they've had with the game. But uh, do you guys remember what was kind of unique about the commercials for this? Uh, the characters on the cards talked in the commercials. Yes, yep. So in the commercials they would have the characters on the cards and as the kids were asking questions and stuff like that, the pictures on the little placards would animate and start talking to each other or like make little exclamations as they were being put down or whatever it happened to be. Right. Yeah. yeah so like, does your person have yeah. a beard? Like, Oh, bye Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there I go. <laughs> That was the first uh, game I remember that had the uh, little disclaimer on the bottom that says, cards do not actually talk. Well, and actually, I think they ended up, like, that ended up being something that they had to put in there because there was complaints in the original versions of it where people were saying, my cards don't actually talk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so they had to put it, that, that's right. We had to have a disclaimer put on that said the paper cards do not actually talk. <laughs> do you guys remember the uh, the Pepsi points lawsuit? Yeah, yes. 
Yes. Uh, one the of, Harrier jet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had a, for those who don't remember or that need a, a you know a little help jogging back down memory lane, uh, Pepsi used to have these, uh, what they called Pepsi points. It was almost like proofs of purchase. And you would kind of, the more Pepsi products you would buy, the more points you would get. And then you could exchange those points for different merchandise, so like a Pepsi backpack, a Pepsi ball cap, you know, a Pepsi trapper keeper. Um, and each one was worth a different amount of points, like 100 points would get you the backpack and, you know, 40 points would get you a deck of cards or something. And they said something like 50 million Pepsi points would get you a Harrier <laughs> jump jet. And this was like right about the same time that True Lies came out. So everyone was like sweating and loving those Harrier jump jets. They were very, very prominent in, in the public eye. And uh, apparently somebody went through the trouble of getting 50 million or however many was Pepsi points um, and wanted the jet and they didn't get the jet and sued Pepsi for a shit ton of money. <laughs> and they got a settlement too. They did. Yep. I don't think they got a jet, but they got uh they got a decent <laughs> amount of money. They got college, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. For them and like their kids and their grandkids and uh <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh. It was yeah. a decent decent chunk of change. I think there's a good reason why a lot of companies don't have those outlandish uh offers anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It's like, uh, it's like, well, we never thought anyone would get 50 million points. Man, this guy just went to, like, Costco and just bought, like, pallets worth of Pepsi. Um, <laughs> this guy's going to be uh, drinking Pepsi till the day he dies. Well, and that's the thing is I don't think you had to necessarily finish the can. Like, I remember Sprite used to do contests where you'd have to unscrew the cap. This is back, like, like 96 with the yep. Dream Team with Grant Hill and um, – and, you used to like be able to twist off the cap and it would tell you if you want a jersey or a free soda or mm-hmm. things like that. But Pepsi points, I'm pretty sure, was just the barcode. So you didn't it? actually have to drink any of it. I, I'd have to double check, but I'm I, pretty sure you didn't have to actually finish the product because it was for cans and bottles. So Oh, okay. So I'm Because I was going to say, sure. I thought it was one of those where there was a code under the cap, but if it was cans and bottles, that wouldn't make sense. I'd have to double check, but I thought it was available for, for cans as well. So hmm. I maybe remember that entirely incorrectly, but... Uh, hey, there's but always the real possibility that I'm misremembering <laughs> it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've just I haven't been wrong yet today, so this could be my first time, so... <laughs> Oh, I've been wrong today. I, I've definitely <laughs> filled my quota for the day. <laughs> well, get a little extra few for tomorrow, then. That'll be good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Build, build up a little stockpile. <laughs> so, back to the infamous Guess Who commercial. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have noticed, as my kids watch cartoons on Saturday mornings, that this, more or less the same commercial that we watched as kids, which I know is not... The original commercial, but by far the most popular iteration, mm-hmm. is still the commercial that they play today. From like oh, 1988. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've added some stuff to the before and beginning, but the the main song and the same two kids flipping the cards down with them talking is still the same commercial. I feel like that kid got beat up a lot. <laughs> He's just such a dork. <laughs> Brian's his, actually his, the one his that poor beat him sister up. Used to have to, yeah, his poor sister would have to cover for him. I don't know. I, I just remember, and he was like so excited. Like, I remember that. Like, he was just like, <laughs> like his mouth was just huge. Like, 
Oh, you're, you're Dan. Wow. <laughs> well, he also was the one that was seeing the cards come to life. So maybe he was excited for a uh, undisclosed reason. Yeah. <laughs> Mind-altering substance. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just the radon from the air conditioner that hadn't been cleaned. <laughs> hey, Timmy, did you live under a downed power line when you were a kid? <laughs> Why? <laughs> did you eat paint chips? <laughs> What's paint taste like? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Oh man, yeah, those were uh, those. That was a pretty iconic commercial, though. As far like as far as uh, board game commercials are, I would rank that up there as like one of the probably top three or four that I remember like vividly. For, Crossfire's cr- oh, Crossfire, oh, yeah, um, absolutely. I've still never played the game, but I still sing the song on Crossfire. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something. It's it's basically hungry, hungry hippos meets air hockey. Like I don't, yep. I don't know how to describe it. Yep. And then of course, uh, one uh, one that we've talked about previously on Dating Ourselves podcast, uh, Gator Golf. What could oh, be yeah. greater yep. yes. than golf with a gator? That's right, Mister Bucket. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Mister Bucket. Uh, There's a lot of like really short-lived board games. Like I, I always wanted to play the Grape Escape. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I forgot that was yeah. A thing. So there was Grape Escape, and then there was Splat, which was like you had like Play-Doh bugs that you would have to smush. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Like I your character that. would be a Play-Doh bug, and if you landed on a certain thing, then people got to roll a dice or something, and then they got to smush you if they rolled the right thing, and then you would lose, obviously. Um, but my mom had like the strictest rules about Play-Doh over the carpeting. Like you just, <laughs> she put a a little tiny like card table in like our front entryway. And that was the only place we were allowed to play with Play-Doh or creepy crawlers because she was so afraid that shit would get stuck in the carpeting. Um, and that made those things much less exciting to do. Because <laughs> I think my I think everyone's mom had the same rules. And now that I have kids of my own, I don't understand that. Because when pay- Play-Doh dries, it's pretty easy to get out of the carpet. Yeah. It's actually easier than when it's not dry. Yeah. To get it to pick up. You know, you can just you vacuum it, you break it up a little bit. Although, I also feel like most people in our age group do not have as fancy of carpet as our parents had. That's, that's probably, probably true. I don't know if that's an economic thing or if we honestly just don't give a shit about carpet the way our I parents think, did. I think it's just the, like, taste in carpet have changed. Like, people aren't going it. out and getting shag <laughs> carpeting and stuff anymore. People are just like... I want something comfortable and, you know, kind of beige. Did you know there's wood under here? <laughs> that's what I was going to say, Paul, is I think that's the big thing, is I think people like hardwood this, floors. This wood is easier to clean, and it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but, at, like, in the 80s and in the 70s, like, it was a really big deal to get, like, wall-to-wall carpeting. Like, that was a huge deal. Oh, yeah. Because you don't... And wallpaper. Whose genius idea was wallpaper? <laughs> I don't well, know. I know I've the... seen... I know I've, I remember this in your basement, and I, we definitely had it in ours growing up, uh, was uh, was the wood paneling, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That was a big thing. I think we had that in our living room upstairs, too, if I remember correctly, and my mom eventually took it down. Um, but, yeah, that, I don't know. 
It was so... I would make an argument over the practicality of wood paneling over wallpaper any day of the week. Oh, for sure. For sure. And there's something about it that's, like, so hideous, but, like, also so nostalgic at the same time. <laughs> like, I, I miss the wood paneling so much, even though it was gross. I didn't know this house was built in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Good old uh, wood paneling. The precursor to Chip and Joanna making everything shiplap. <laughs> <laughs> Bathroom, shiplap. Bedroom, shiplap. Your toilet, shiplap. The other, the other really, really dated thing I remember um, growing up is that we used to have bubbler lights on our Christmas tree. Oh, you guys remember my gosh, those yeah. with like the actual fluid in them, and then like they were like different colored things in the bubbles. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they were like super popular, like the fifties and sixties, and for whatever reason, in the eighties and nineties, we still had them. Um, <laughs> oh, they're my- so hard to find. You have to go to like a like a super specialty Christmas store, like Bronner's or something, in order to find them. So my uh, uncle, uh, one of my dad's brothers, we used to go to his house every year for our family Christmas, and he had really what I can only describe as the Griswold family tree every year. He would get a he would get a tree that was way bigger than than the room could actually fit. Yeah. Uh, they would they would have to lop off like the top probably quarter of the tree to even get it in the room and then of course it would take up like a huge space. And uh I loved it because they had like literally just about every Christmas light from like the fifties through the nineties on it somewhere. <laughs> like there was some strings of like glowing incandescent lights. And then there was the bubbler lights from the fifties. And it was amazing. I mean, it was like a, uh, you know, Christmas through the decades at his house. Those, those outdoor lights that are about the size of a baby's fist. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big freaking light. <laughs> it's like you only had 12 on your tree. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in uh, Home Improvement when he turns on the Christmas lights and shuts down the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, those were uh, those were good old days. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Oh goodness! So, were there any uh, like? Uh, tell us about some of the special releases. Were there any like unusual uh, versions of the game? Or there were actually. Uh, so, uh, especially since Hasbro, I think has taken over. Uh, they've made quite a few, but uh, they've had a whole bunch of different versions, including Star Wars, Disney, oh. Marvel, which really is redundant because all of those could just be listed as Disney at this Disney. point. <laughs> Disney. <laughs> um, they, they also have uh, like uh, smaller travel versions uh, and stuff like that. Uh, they also apparently had like mix and match uh, games that were released. I don't know how hmm. that would work, but sounds I fun. Don't... Yeah, I don't know. I know when I uh, I did a few Google searches before this episode, just 
to kind of see if Guess Who was even still a thing. And there's a huge third-party market on Etsy where people have made custom editions of the game. If you get a chance to go check it out, it's hilarious. <laughs> I would love to have some of them. Uh, probably my favorite one is uh, Parks and Rec. Ooh. They had one uh, that was like your actual Parks and Rec with all the characters, but then they had another one that was just Ron Swanson. <laughs> like everyone was Ron? Every single card was Ron Swanson. <laughs> I would play that. It was different pictures of Ron Swanson, <laughs> but every single one was Ron yeah, Swanson. Would, Are you Ron but, Swanson on March 31st? <laughs> I am. <laughs> oh, I love that episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw a Friends edition. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. I saw Nickelodeon cartoon characters. Ooh, nice. Probably my second favorite was Golden Girls. <laughs> I thought yes. you were say golden eye. <laughs> <laughs> golden eye would be good. We should suggest that to the guy that's reselling all of these. That would be amazing. But, um, the only character that I was a little sad that was missing from Golden Girls is there was no Elvis and there was no death. Really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like if you're going to make a Golden Girls uh, guess who or memory game in 2019, death has to be a character. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think a very large missed opportunity because um, Battleship, right? Very very popular game, and in the '90s they released Electronic Battleship. Why did they not release an Electronic Guess Who? That's a very solid question. Because then you could have talking cards. That's true. Well, they and you could did have like, a, actually... like a random itemized like thing, and then, like it would randomly appear like a on an LED thing or something. Like, oh, you have Sam. Okay. I feel like they did this. I'm googling it. Well, they they did have a. I don't know about like a version like that. They did have a version in 1999, a computer game version of it that came out, and then in hmm. 2011 they had a, a phone app version of it that came out as well. I've never played. Both of those sound like terrible ideas. Yeah. You know, as Brian was pointing out, it would be cool to have a computer version or a phone version or whatever that was uh, animated like the game so that they actually could talk or whatever. To that end, I don't know if either of them had that functionality, but boy, would that game be boring <laughs> if they didn't. <laughs> like, like playing a straight... Uh, like board game to phone app version of that game it's like yeah. all right is does your person have red hair yes cool i'll just click on all the people that yeah. don't have red hair click, then click, uh, click 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 i feel that would be way more distracting than words with friends in a meeting oh yeah i agree <laughs> i agree uh oh there we go app idea guess who with friends there we go guys oh. we're millionaires and then we could that do golf fun. with a gator with friends. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll be one of the four people that gets a game published this year. <laughs> there you go. We'll do crossfire with friends. <laughs> the grape escape with friends. <laughs> <laughs> Mousetrap with friends. I remember um, one year, it was right before my birthday. I don't know how this happened. But somehow my mom let me buy something while we were at KB Toys, even though it was like the same month as my birthday. That like never happened. Oh, dang. Um, yeah. Normally I was like, we're just looking, just looking for birthday ideas. 
but she let me buy this game called Forbidden Bridge. Hmm. Do you guys remember that? No, never heard of it. So it's got like this big idol on one side, like almost look like like Legends of the Hidden Temple, like the big head that talks. Ah, nice. And on the other side is like a ledge, and there's this big bridge, like a like a a rope bridge that goes across with different gaps and stuff like that um, on the different planks. And so you would roll a dice and you would move ahead that many pieces. And then depending on what board you fell on or what card you drew, you would sometimes hit this button that would make the bridge shake. And if you were on a plank that was full, you were more or less pretty safe. But if you were either on a plank that was like half a plank or there was a gap, like an entirely missing one behind you or something like that, you would fall right through into the into the river below and get eaten by the gators. Oh, dang. Um, the the commercial was awesome. It was like, <laughs> forbidden bridge. Like, it was crazy. Um, <laughs> the board game geek gives it 7 out of 10 stars, 231 reviews. That was fun. They had a Norwegian death metal band singing, <laughs> singing <Yeah>. fall through <laughs> death. <laughs> yeah, it was like it's like Sepultura, man. Like it was it was really heavy, um, and like a lot of like jungle drum, like hand drum stuff. It was cool. <laughs> oh, uh, that Omega cool. Virus was another really cool game. Mm, I don't um, think I played that one. Yeah, you're like in a space station as a computer virus attacks it, and you have to like fix. It, it was way way too complicated for like I got it when I was like eight or nine, and it was like. Very complicated, like ages sixteen and up or something. Like mm. it was, I don't know if I ever truly played it correctly, but I, once again, the the commercial was really kick ass, so I had to get it. I, <laughs> I always just preferred to play Monopoly. It was a great way to ruin relationships. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, who do I do, who do I not want to be friends with or family with anymore? <laughs> yeah, I know where you sleep, Mom. <laughs> I'm kicking your ass in the evenings. <laughs> <laughs> so i've taught my kids to play monopoly and uh we always refer instead of the bank we refer to it as the government <laughs> and my kids have come up with some great one-liners about taxes and <laughs> speaking of which did you guys see the video i think it was fairly recently of the kid it might it might have been on either like ridiculousness or america's funniest videos but it was a kid playing Monopoly with his family and he's bawling his eyes out. And they ask him what's wrong and he, he's like handing over the last of his money. And he's like, I hate taxes. <laughs> like completely <laughs> bawling his eyes out. <laughs> oh, man. I don't mind taxes until April comes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on how good or bad of an April it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like having roads without potholes and, you know, <laughs> bridges that don't collapse and things like that. A fire department that comes when my place is burning down. But, you know, I also I also don't like uh, writing that check to the state of Maryland. So. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Although I don't have to write mine to the state of Maryland, so take that! <laughs> You're lucky. You're lucky. <laughs> so, uh... Do you guys have any memories of actually playing Guess Who the game or anything? Not, nothing that stands out other than I do remember it being really satisfying flipping those cards down, as I stated earlier. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I didn't realize this until I was doing some research on it. Uh, actually, it was uh, 
something that Paul came across that he showed me. Uh, the, a guy was talking about it. He said most games could be completed in seven questions, which I found to be pretty surprising. Like, I guess I don't remember... Pl- like, I remember playing it as a kid. I don't remember playing it well enough, though, to remember, like, how many turns it would have taken me to guess or whatever. But that just seemed, like, surprisingly low. Like, I would have expected it to be a game that would take a little bit of time, but I guess given that you're given given that you're a- asking some pretty straightforward questions, yeah. like you know, well, do, like it's pretty easy to narrow it down. When it's like, oh, does your person have uh, brown hair? Do they have glasses? Like you could probably knock quite a few people out just by asking like questions like that. I gotta believe that time is based on adults playing the game yes. or older kids, though, because yeah. my kids, I guarantee you, they wouldn't get it in seven questions. Yeah. That's what I was. That's what I was gonna say is that for me, when I was a kid, I don't know why I thought this was a good idea, but I would try and think of the most obscure things I could ask, <laughs> like. Like, does your person have one nostril bigger than the other? Or, like, does your person, like, you know, so you'd only flip one card down in most cases, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas, like, as an adult, you're like, is your person white? Oh, okay. Well, that's, <laughs> there we go. That's almost everybody. Um, <laughs> are you Anne? Okay, figured. <laughs> you know, now that you're older, you can kind of be more strategic about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one thing I, I thought. That happened once I was working at an after school program and I was, you know, probably 21, 22 at the time. And the oldest kid there was like 11, you know, and it was very much exactly how you would imagine it playing out. This kid is just like, does your person have a necklace? It's like, no. Oh, okay. I guess that's one person that won't be. And I'm like, is your person a man? You know, or something like really like <laughs> half of them are down. Yeah. Like, well, yes. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. So, um, and yeah, you can easily beat somebody in like four moves. If you start asking really, really open, like mm-hmm. questions like that. Well, and one thing I th- I thought was kind of interesting in that same article that uh, Paul shared with me about guess who the guy was talking about like adult versions, not like adult Ooh. as in like risque, <laughs> but like ways to make it I guess more entertaining for uh, the the person. And they to were add some spark to guess who. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they were saying like you could ask questions based on assumptions, like. Is your person a bad driver? Although that seems like it deals with some, maybe some yeah. stereotyping and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was kind of an interesting concept of like not just asking the straightforward questions, but asking questions that would, like, I guess you'd have to make some connections to concepts or something. <laughs> I don't know, but... It, I was just going to say, take a shot after every guess, but, you know, college, college was different in my day. Yes, yes. <laughs> I thought you were... I don't, think I, I don't think I'd be able to play too many games uh, if that were still the case, especially if you're doing, uh, you know, finishing a game in seven turns. That's uh, a lot of shots in a very short amount of time. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, and you're... You ever done it with Clue? That's the worst. I don't think we ever finished a game. No, I'm sure. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I wonder what's worse, uh, that game or Thunderstruck or Black Label Society. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was thinking drinking and risk, and every time you lose a piece. Oh gosh! Oh. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no, yeah, that would um, be bad news. Yeah, so we're definitely this going down. This is how down, I know uh, we're getting old. I have a headache just thinking about <laughs> what that would do to me. Uh, there's not even alcohol in the house. Tomorrow I'm going to wake up and uh, I'm going to need some, like, children's uh what cough syrup <laughs> cough syrup and uh, pedialyte pedialyte that's what i was trying to remember some pedialyte and uh a nice cool Gator, gatorade intervenous <laughs> yeah <laughs> but to go back to the two games you mentioned just for the listeners who may not be familiar so black label society um was a game i believe it was developed by the guys from trivium yep that's uh, correct the american heavy metal band the idea behind the game is Zach Wilde from Black Label Society. He also used to play in Ozzy Osbourne and a bunch of other bands throughout his his tenure. Um, used these, these on his guitar, what, what you call pinch harmonics. So it's like the squeal on a guitar. Like the wheel! Um, yeah. So like you can hear it like in a song like Crazy Babies by Ozzy Osbourne, for example. Um, or uh, uh, No More Tears. Or um, literally every, every second of every Black Label Society song. <laughs> Right. So every time he does this, it's like his trademark and he does it all the time. You're supposed to take a shot of 151. And apparently oh. the guys, these guys are like hardcore drinkers and they couldn't get through like the fourth song on the Mafia album. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they tried to get through the album. They got two song four. Um, like just, just I, crazy. I forget. I, I even just listened to, I think the uh, lead song off of the Mafia album is called What's In You. Uh, ironic yep, yep. uh and uh 151 apparently uh yeah, and right. i i think i just counted how many pinch harmonics were in that song alone and it was like 21 or something like that oh and if you're taking God. a shot every time basically <laughs> you're going to die yeah yeah um the other game um thunderstruck yeah, it's it's it rhymes with thunderstruck. Um, <laughs> oh, that's because right. It, yeah. Because it gets you uh, rhymes with thunderstruck up. <laughs> um, you basically every time uh, the song thunderstruck, whenever anyone it, when the when the band ACDC says thunder, uh, you, everyone stands in a circle. So the first person will start drinking. So thunder, you start drinking. Na 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 na. Thunder, and then the next person starts drinking, and then that person stops. And for that intro, you get people moving pretty quickly, like they're drinking straight for like three or four seconds at a time. You get to that first verse or the guitar solo, um, <laughs> you're drinking for like forty seconds straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did that once at a college party, and I will not. Um, give the person's name away because i'm sure she hopes to forget about that evening but <laughs> she probably she got, has <laughs> yeah she got stuck with the guitar solo and was drinking liquor straight from the bottle uh, um it was a really rough night <laughs> i believe that yeah oh gosh you ever notice about when we talk about children's board games, somehow we always end up with drinking yeah. games oh, at the end? How do you end? make this a drinking game, man? <laughs> like Simon? <laughs> <laughs> Is that our generation, or are we just all, like, alcoholics? I think, I think it's a regional <laughs> thing. I think it's a Midwestern thing. <laughs> it's snowing. Time to drink. Yeah, right? <laughs> what else are we going to do? <laughs> Especially where we're from, where, you know, it's... Nine months of snow and four months poor sledding. <laughs> I would say uh, three months construction. 
Oh, goodness. Well, any final thoughts on guess who? I almost said whose line is it anyway? <laughs> you know, I guess both I of would, them had who in it. I would pay money to see Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles play this against one another. <laughs> that would be legendary. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up our discussion on guess who. <laughs> Now moving on to, and I won't shortchange you this time, Nostalgia Comics. Nostalgia Yes, I have devised a trivia question to ask my co-host. Whoever is closest will get to leave their chat next week. Brian has Cheers, and Paul has Ken Star Wars and Monica Lewinsky. Sorry, it took me a second to realize what I was reading. (laughs) (laughs) Are you guys, you know, Ken Star, Star Wars, Ken Star Wars? (laughs) I just didn't get it. I was like, Star Wars, what? Okay. Save me, Mr. President. You're my only <laughs> oh, hope. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, are you guys ready for your trivia question? Apparently not, but shoot. Yeah, we'll do what we can. All right. So <laughs> That's what she said, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a holiday has rec- somewhat recently come about uh, that we had celebrated on the show, which is Halloween. So can Woo! Continuing with the Halloween theme, I decided to devise a question based off of that, because let's be honest, how many trivia questions can you ask about Guess Who? Uh, That's probably a good point. (laughs) So the question I have developed, uh, one of my all-time favorite slasher series is the Halloween movies with Michael Myers. So, obviously, there has been uh, exactly 132 bajillion uh, spinoffs, remakes, and or sequels to it. Uh, So, the question I've devised is that including all of the movies, including, like, the remakes and sequels and stuff like that, except for, obviously, the, what was it, uh, Halloween 2, where Michael Myers wasn't featured, right? Season Witch. Season of the Witch. Three. That's right. Three. Uh, So, excluding the Season of the Witch, how many kills has Michael Myers racked up in the 182 million uh, movies that they've had? You know, I knew you were going to screw me over with this question because I thought you were going to say how many movies featured Michael Myers. (laughs) And I was counting on Brian not remembering that Halloween (laughs) 3 didn't have Michael Myers. (laughs) And I was already counting on my fingers. That's so funny. That's so funny. And then I was going to ask if you counted Curse of Michael Myers. (laughs) Man, you're getting way too specific on this. Yeah. I was gonna, and now I have absolutely no. Clue. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you were including uh, any pornographic parodies of Halloween. Uh, no, we're going with the <laughs> actual Halloween series. Yeah, no, no, no one died those? in those movies, but a lot of people got slayed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the delivery on that was the magic. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with. 56. Okay. 
56? Yeah. Uh, I I was going to say 125, but now I'm questioning it. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Yes, I'm going to go with 125. Well, Paul, it is a good thing you did because the answer is 121 kills. Wow, uh, that was really close, Paul. That includes uh, the original timeline, so Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, and 6. It also includes the Halloween H2O timeline, the remake timeline, and the most recent 2018 timeline. Well, I figure there's, you know, like eight kills per movie on average. Then you have the uh, whatever the one before the Rob Zombie one was, where it was the reality TV show where there was like 20 kills in that movie. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And so, yeah, I I can't even remember the name of the movie. I remember liking it when it came out, but I can't remember which one it is. Hmm. That wasn't H2O? No, it was after H2O. Oh, okay. Because H2O is the one with Jamie Lee Curtis and the college campus. Right. Yeah. This was the one that came out between that and the remake. And it had, uh, what's his name from Eastbound and Down? Really? Yeah, I can't think of the actor's Uh, name. The dude that played... He was the TV producer. The dude that played Kenny Powers? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And it was like a... It was like an episode... It was like a Big Brother house where they... Or a Big Brother episode where they stayed in the Myers house. And then, of course, oh, Michael comes yes. to... I don't remember what it was called, but I do remember that. And it was... Uh, the guy's name is Danny... Something. Something. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. We're Danny McBride. A lot of angry... Danny yes. McBride. There we go. See, why'd you have to say it? Because we were going to get a lot of angry letters about that. We still might. <laughs> you know, as long Bring as we on. love the angry letters, as Bring long as on. there's a five star review with it, we'll take the. That's f- right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so that is the question. Well, good. Well, there you have it, guys. It sounds like Paul will be guiding us through the land of sex scandal in the Oval Office. I still have Cheers in my pocket, and now we're going to go visit the Hopper of Imagination to get Adam a new topic. Yay! We want to remind all of our listeners that if there is a topic you'd like to hear us discuss, or if you just like, to, or if you just like <laughs> us to hear your topic submission, uh, you can submit those at our website at www.datingourselvespodcast.com. Excellent. All right. We have the hopper all spun up and ready to go. Adam, your categories are Nickelodeon television shows, science fiction, board game, or celebrity. Ooh. Can I phone a friend? Yes. Uh, shoot. The only friends I have are you and Brian, so... That's why I said yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so celebrity science yeah, fiction. T- tell him I'm not home right now, Paul. <laughs> celebrity tell him I'm not science home right fiction, now. board game, Nickelodeon television show. You know, I science fiction it really has piqued my interest. You've chosen Firefly. 
Oh. Oh. Interesting. Uh-oh. As in the short-lived Fox television show. I am definitely have I definitely have some homework to do because I know this is extremely popular and I've never seen an episode of it. So uh You're not alone, which is why I got canceled after one season. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good though. Too it's shit. So good. Netflix became a thing and it became the most popular television show in the galaxy ten years after the fact. <laughs> so it is on Netflix. It was. Now it's on Facebook Watch. What? Yes. Why is that a thing? Because Facebook Watch is now a thing and they needed a popular show to bring the ratings back. More like Facebook Crotch. So Buffy <laughs> and Firefly are both on Facebook. It rhymes, sort of. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, Paul. I'm just stuck on Brian and whatever he just blurted out of his mouth there. Facebook Crotch. It's like Facebook Watch. <laughs> oh, gosh. Brian, you're fired. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I apparently have some homework to do this weekend, so it's a good thing I have a three-day weekend. You got this covered. I got it. I can watch a season of a show in the next 24 hours. That's right. That's right. Must be nice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Well, thanks again for joining us on Dating Ourselves, guys. Be sure to check out next time when... Uh, Paul will be talking about Monica Lewinsky and then check out future episodes where Adam will be discussing Firefly and I will be discussing that show where everybody knows your name. Thanks again, folks. If you liked what you heard, there's more to come. Check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast.com to learn more about us and the show. Check out our Contact Us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also extend us submissions at (laughs) datingourselvespodcast at AOL.com. We've got mail enhancement. Oh, this is going to be fun to edit. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) In addition to iTunes, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Music, and wherever podcasts are (laughs) downtrodden, downloaded. Uh, Please be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the throwbackion. We post additional content on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash datingourselvespodcast. If you're on Instagram, you can find us at Dating Ourselves Podcast. We also do the Twitter thing, too, at Dated Podcast. Oh, and remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been dated. Thank you, See you. Thank you for joining the train wreck tonight. <laughs> 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 Enjoy. Enjoy.